Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ladies and gentlemen, back again with yet another episode of the Bow Down Podcast. For John, I'm Joe Mack. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're watching us on YouTube or streaming us on any services, you can see we have a guest with us today. And we're absolutely honored and thrilled to have one of our past Washington Huskies legends that was one of our alumni spotlight segments a few episodes back. Absolute Washington Husky royalty joining us on the show today. Washington Husky from 88 to 1991, most notably captain and part of the legendary Don James coached 91 championship team that beat Michigan and Heisman Trophy winner Desmond Howard in the Rose Bowl game, hitting him with that Heisman pose in the game and outperforming the Heisman Trophy winner in the entirety of that game. Consensus All-American at wide receiver in the 91 season, co-pack 10, offensive player of the year that same season, still holds the record for touchdown receptions in a single season with 18 career receiving touchdown records at 30. After his time with the Huskies, sixth-round pick by the Houston Oilers, played for the Oilers and New York Jets, most notably played in the NFL Europe and the Frankfurt Galaxy, building a huge fan base, all while becoming the all-time receptions leader for the NFL Europe program. Today, currently Vice President of Community Engagement and Legends and has been working for the Seattle Seahawks past six seasons. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a lot of air I just used to say all that because the rap sheet is there. It is my honor and privilege to introduce to you Washington Husky legend, national champion, Mario Bailey. Mario, welcome to the Bow Down Podcast. Oh, great to be here. Yeah, that was a little long-winded, but I appreciate it. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, yeah, my friend. Oh, yeah. We want to talk a little bit about that 1991 historic season. We got another historic season going on currently we want to talk about in a few but you and that 91 team go 10, 12 and 0 in the Pac-10, become Pac-10 champions, dominate the entire season. The only really close game was on the road at Cal in Berkeley with a 24 to 17 victory. What was it like playing for such a dominant and legendary team? What was the atmosphere like in Seattle during that time? Talk to me about your memories of that 91 national championship run. A lot of people don't know we probably should have won it. No, not probably. We should have won the national championship the year before. We had lost to Colorado, um, but then we still had a chance to win it. Uh, we had UCLA at home a few games before the Rose Bowl. We were 21-point favorites, and we lost that game. 
Uh, Greg Lewis got hurt in the first half. Our offense and defense, we just kind of sputtered that game. That cost us a national title. So for the next year, we were we knew that we were going to have a chance to win it all. But we had a few hurdles along the way. We lost Mark Brunel in the spring, blew out his knee. And of course, Greg wasn't there. So, but we thought we had the team, we had the chemistry. Guys didn't go home for the summer that that summer. We all stayed together. We were a pretty close-knit team. We knew if we could go down to Nebraska and win in Nebraska and Lincoln, that we pretty much could win. Um, the only game, like you mentioned, Cal was pretty close. But it was only close because our offense didn't do well. Billy had a bad game at the quarterback position that game. And our offense kind of cost us. But it was close in score, but we were never in doubt to win the game. They just had a chance to come down and win it at the end. SC, I think we won 14 to three. Our defense dominated them. Again, our offense kind of struggled. But for the most part, what was fun about our season is I only played in the fourth quarter in the few games that I just mentioned. Uh, there was a few games that I scored like three touchdowns against Oregon State and I believe Toledo. Never even seen the second half. Like, coach just let the entire team play the entire season. Like, everybody got to play. Second, third string guys got to play. It was always fun to see the entire team get a chance to contribute to the, to the season. Nothing like it. It's uh, memorable for, for the rest of my life. Absolutely. When you run into those teammates from that 91 team, whether it's in the, in the Seattle area or just, you know, reminiscing through different storytelling and stuff, uh, what does it mean for you guys to be part of such a great Husky team and be such legends that you guys are? Well, like I have a text string of about 10 of us and, and social media made it where we can all stay in touch and laugh and post photos or post old highlights and celebrate it all the time. Thank God for social media, but I have been in charge. I held the 20th anniversary and the 25th anniversary. The only reason we didn't have a 30th anniversary is because of COVID, but we did get to come. A few of us had there and Miss James was there and uh, Coach James's family. I told them we're going to celebrate every five years because right now we're still, um, I guess they said that there's another champ in 1960, but for the most part, we're the only champ. So we try and celebrate as much as we can, but hopefully we can change that in the next few weeks with having these guys win it all. So we have some company up there. The team looks great, but we, we, we stay in communication. We love each other. And it's one of those things that it bonds you forever. It's hurtful because every few years we lose somebody along the way. Like we've lost uh, Coach James, Coach Lambright, Jaime Fields, a bunch of guys. So, but it's a, it's a blessing. Cool. Now to touch more onto that Rose Bowl game, of course, going against a team like Michigan and going against the Heisman Trophy winner and Desmond Howard, where if you really break down the stats from that season, you have more receiving yards. I think you had two less receiving touchdowns. He did do a couple punt returns, kick returns, and things of that nature. But he was a virtual no-show in that Rose Bowl game. I think he had a total of 60 yards altogether, one catch for 30-something yards where you went out there and, and put on a show for these Huskies with – six receptions, 126 yards, and one touchdown. That one touchdown when you hit that Heisman Trophy pose. And um, if that happened today, you know 
all too well that I would break social media hands down and be the front page of every news outlet, every news magazine. So do you think you should have had more consideration as maybe being a finalist for the Heisman Trophy or, you know, more talk about being one of the top players in the nation? Or do you think that's more because Desmond was playing for Michigan and you were over here on the West Coast where, you know, the West Coast really doesn't get too much love? It was both. Uh, Every morning, like every Saturday morning that we were playing, I would be able to see Desmond on TV. So I got to see him every week. I got to see what he was doing. Nobody was watching Washington. We were we're on the map, but we weren't on the map. Nobody considered us. And the other part of that is um, just being in Washington, nobody knew who I was. Um, our team was great, but you're not seeing Washington. You're not really seeing the highlights. Even to this day, nobody, you'll talk about Miami teams. You'll talk about Ohio State teams. You'll see a few people that really understand football that'll talk about our Washington team and they'll talk about our defense. Um, but yeah. Desmond definitely deserved it as far as like those kickoff returns, the punt returns. But I believe in my heart, I should have had consideration. Like I had zero consideration. Nobody even knew. And you Mm -hmm. look back and you look at the stats and you're like, oh, well, maybe. But nobody was paying attention then. And it's still a bias now because there's no way we're the number two seed or number three seed. We're the number one seed. We played the toughest schedule no question about it. We beat Oregon twice. We beat Oregon State. We beat all these teams that were ranked, and we should be the number one seed. We should be playing in the Rose Bowl, but it's the same lack of respect that they have now that they had then. Yep, same thing. Uh, Mario, I want to go to your professional career for a few minutes. You have been probably the most notable American-born player to go to NFL Europe and make an impact in that league. What was it like playing for the Frankfurt Galaxy and building such a big fan base, becoming the NFL Europe's all-time receptions leader? Well, I say this, and, you know, um, the reason why I'm the all-time reception leader because the league was built for you to go over there for one season and then go back to your um, team. Like, say, the Oilers sent me over there initially, so the role was for – to go over there and get some experience and then go back to your team. The reason why I'm the reception leader and all-time leader is because I was over there so long. So I don't take any um, merit in, in, in that being like some big deal because it, you shouldn't be over there that long. Now, the league was wonderful. And at the time, it was the farm league for the NFL. Like I played with Jake Delhomme, who went on to uh, to play in the Super Bowl. There was Kurt Warner over there who we beat up on when he was at Amsterdam, but he <laughs> went on to win a Super Bowl. There was Brad Johnson. We beat up on Brad. He went to a Super Bowl with Tampa Bay. There was a lot of great players that went on to have great NFL careers. So the league was um, doing what it was supposed to do. It was over there for you to get some experience and then come back to your NFL team and play. So I, I love the league and I love what it is. But when people talk about you're the all-time leader, you know, it's really because I was over there long. Now, what I do take pride in is that four out of my first five years, we went to um, an NFL Europe championship. So I believe there's something about being a winner and getting your team to a championship because there's one common denominator, and that's me. Yes, sir. 
Now let, let's fast forward today, maybe speak on a little bit of uh, the current Huskies program. Now, Roma Dunze has been arguably one of the best wide receivers maybe in history, along with yourself, along with Reggie Williams, Dante Pettis. Um, with one out of every five catches of yours going for a touchdown in your consensus All-American season and Pac-10 Offensive Player of the Year season, do you have a relationship with Rome or has he looked to talk to you, reach out to you? And what are, what are your predictions for him at that next level in the NFL? Rome is a very confident young man. He's a flat out baller. There's no question. He's one of the best. He got, he got robbed of the Blitnikoff award. Oh, There's no don't, question. Don't, don't, the hands yeah, down. Yeah. Hands Marvin, fire, Marvin Harrison won on right. name. It's the total disrespect thing. He won on name and he's at Ohio state and they're like, his quarterback isn't as good. I don't care. That's not what it's for. You talk about the best season um, Rome, um, he performed in the clutch every single time. Every time we needed him, he performed. His statistics, his team is still playing for a, a national championship. So he got robbed. I think Rome is going to do great at the next level. Um, if you look at it, when he's when we throw him the ball, a lot of the times it's one-on-one and he's contested and he's still making the catch. In the NFL, Every catch, just about every catch is going to be contested. So you're going to have to make the grab. It's not like you're going to beat these guys by a lot. That'll happen one or two times in a game. But a lot of times in the NFL, the guy is right next to you and you got to catch the ball. I think Rome has a great career ahead of him. He's definitely going to go down as one of the greatest receivers. I would say if we we sneak and win this national championship and they beat, say, uh, Texas and Bama or Texas and Michigan, and he continues to perform that way, then he's going to have to go down as the greatest because that'll be a 15-0 and season, and he's been clutched the entire way. I don't want to give up the mantle, but, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Put a seat next to you I thought, on the mantle. How about that? <laughs> now, now, he, he, he needs six touchdowns to break the, the single-season record that you still hold. Now, those records, I know how, like, everybody – they're like, oh, no, I want my records to be broken and I want somebody else to come and take the throne. <laughs> Do you feel some kind of way where it's like, you know what, that's mine and I want to keep it forever? Yeah, yeah. I don't, you know, he can he can win the national championship, but leave me the records, you know. I tell, <laughs> people, I, I tell people all the time, they're lying when they tell you like, oh, yeah, yeah, break my record. No, that's not what you want. Yeah. You want to keep this record. <laughs> and and that record's lasted over 30 years, and you yeah. look at it, like I told you, I wasn't even playing in the fourth quarter or second half, right. and we were throwing the ball 22 times a game. They're throwing the ball 40 times yeah. a game yeah. now. Rome has a hundred and some targets. I didn't even have a hundred targets in the season. So there's all <laughs> kinds of things you can look at. But yes, I want my touchdown record. I want to end this thing with the Pac-12, Pac-10, Pac-8 with yeah. being the all-time leader in touchdowns. I, I say it like I, I don't <laughs> like that lie like people say. But Rome is fantastic, confident young man, and that confidence exudes on the field. I want them to win and I want him to shine because if he's shining, then we're winning this thing. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, what your thoughts besides Rome on the rest of this Huskies team, this offense, this Michael Penix character who has come in a transfer two years ago from Indiana, should have been uh, 
more points his way for the Heisman, has done absolute phenomenal things in his two years as a starter here in Washington. What would a 91 Mario Bailey look like with a Michael Penix Jr. at quarterback? Well, I would still take my my left-handed quarterback over Michael uh, Penix. I would still take okay. Mark, Mark Brunel. I would take Mark <laughs> Brunel in this offensive scheme and throwing the ball all over the place, and Mark could run as well. But Michael Penix is the man. He's the one that makes the engine run. And uh, previous to coming to the University of Washington when he was at Indiana, he got hurt a few times. I believe he's been hurt this year, but he played through it. I think Michael Penix is definitely the Heisman Trophy winner. I understand that a few times this year he struggled. Um, I think Jalen McMillan is the one that keeps our offense running as far as the, the passing game. I think we struggled when he wasn't in there to take away from Rome and Jalen Polk on the outside. But Michael Penix is the man. He's proven it over and over again. Um, he's 3-0 and against Oregon. I don't know what other quarterback can probably <laughs> say that. He's done everything he's supposed to do that since he's been at the University of Washington. I love him. I hope that he continues and gets these last two victories. He's done what he's supposed to do, and I look forward to him shining in the national spotlight. And I'm glad maybe that he didn't win the Heisman and Rome didn't win the Bolitnikoff. It gives them a chip on their shoulder to let this national audience know, okay, since you didn't want to give it to us, let's go take the, the ring. So we and that's kind of what we did as a it's team as well. Something a little more important than the ind individual awards. Exactly. Mario, we have the Sugar Bowl coming up less than four days from now. Any predictions for the game and the Huskies going forward? The, the matchup versus Texas, we're going to be talking about in our preview episode that's dropping later this weekend as well. Um, it's going to be a battle in the front seven on both offense and defense for both teams. Any predictions from you on the Sugar Bowl versus the Texas Longhorns? I got us winning 38-33. I just feel like Texas doesn't know, like, our offense is going to be on full. We got all our weapons now. We got all the the, the bullets in the gun. We have uh, Dylan Johnson. We have Jalen McMillan. We have Jalen Polk. We have Rome. Our offensive line is great. We have Michael Penix. We're, we're fully loaded, and they're going to have to score some points to beat us. I understand that Sark is the man, and he's a great play caller, but I think Ryan Grubb is a better play caller. He's the new up-and-coming. They're yeah. going to have to stop our offense. They got some good defensive line, but we've had a lot of defensive lines that have been trying to get after Michael Penix. We do a great job of getting that ball out, and now we have a running game to go with it. They're going to have some problems, and I don't think they can outscore us because that's what it's going to come down to. Agreed. Uh, and now, now more in the in the general state, uh, what what – thoughts or even if you have any thoughts on the current state of college football today with conference realignment with you know the Pac-12 dissolving and Washington going over now into the Big Ten now you see the transfer portal where every year the quarterback doesn't play now they want to jump ship and go to other teams uh, recruiting itself and the impact of NIL it's a little bit different and what you're used to, but how, how, how do you feel about those things? Everything's about money. Um, it's just very unfortunate that the Pac-12 is no more. It's kind of sad, actually. 
But for us, I think Washington, we're in a good space. We're in a good uh, conference. I think it does something for us that we get to play Michigan and Ohio State because now I think we're going to be with Michigan and Ohio State. So we're not going to have that bias anymore. You're going to see us whooping up on Michigan and Ohio State. And once we do that, then they're going to have to put us up in that uh, top echelon of teams in, in the country. Now, do I like all this portal stuff? No, because when I look at it now, I probably would have entered the portal after my freshman year, um, but that's not how it works. And it worked out how it was supposed to work out. I went through trials and tribulations and, and everything didn't go my way my freshman year, sophomore year, but it all turned out the way it's supposed to. Now some of these guys are jumping ship and they're going to jump ship once. They're going to jump ship twice. They're going to be two, three different colleges I just don't like it. Um, I understand it, but I don't like it. I I do believe that guys deserve to get some fun, some funds. Like if a college is going to make a hundred million dollars, like I believe some of these guys deserve some of that money. Um, If we, I got a $500 uh, scholarship check every month, but I know the university of Washington made a lot of money. So I want my (laughs) retro payment back from, from them. So I'm okay with that. And I like that that we got out of the conference when we did. I just hope it it all works out for the kids. That's all I'm worried about. I don't worry about yeah. how how much money these colleges are making. I just hope Absolutely. it works out for the kids. Absolutely. And finally, Mario, before we let you go, I want you to tell us a little bit about your role with the Seahawks, Vice President of Community Engagement and Legends. You've been with them six years, holding it down in Seattle in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, Talk to me about what you're doing with the Seahawks and being around this team, the coaching staff, and the regular staff of the 12s up in Seattle. Uh, the Seahawks, I'll just first say, like, it's one of the best. It's not one of. It's the best organization in the world. Like, the people there are wonderful. They treat me wonderful. Uh, I've never been in a work environment where people actually love to come to work and see each other. It's one of the greatest feelings I've ever had. I think it all permeates from Coach Carroll throughout the entire building, through our president, our general manager, our owner. Like, I love the organization. Uh, My title is Vice President of Community Engagement and Legends. The word legends just essentially means former players. So I do a lot. of work in the community, whatever you see the Seahawks doing in the community, whether that's military, whether that's football, whether that's social justice space, whether it's the youth space, um, that's part of what our our department does. We're we're out there trying to spread love and um, use the Seahawks platform to impact our community in any way possible. And then I work with the former players and that's getting the former players, making them feel like they're still part of the organization, do different events with them, appearances with them, help them with their causes in the community as well. And I work with the players as well. But again, it's just a just a phenomenal organization. And I'm just happy that God blessed me and let me be a part of it. And I think we'll wrap it up with that. Mario, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you come onto the show, such a, a Washington Huskies, uh, you know, legendary, you know, 1991 national champ in the flesh. The GOAT, the uh, GOAT. The, one of the best to ever don that Washington Huskies football uniform. We greatly appreciate your time and we greatly appreciate you letting us pick your brain and taking a stroll with us down memory lane. 
No, I appreciate you guys. I love the name. You know, that's what the bow is for. Is for bow down. <laughs> bow down and horns down this week, baby. There it is. Yes, sir. Mario, we appreciate you, my friend. Thanks again. Appreciate it, fellas. Thank you. Go dogs. Yes, Go sir. Dogs. And once again, big, big shout out and big thank you to Washington Huskies legend and great wide receiver Mario Bailey for joining us on the Bow Down podcast. John, that was. Incredible. I mean, I'm still in awe. I really can't believe it. Uh, what a great dude. Such a fun time talking to him, you know, hearing his thoughts on, on today's situations, hearing your, his thoughts on Rome, on the Huskies in general, on the Huskies from that 1991 season. I mean, I'm going to remember this for the rest of my life. That was awesome. Yeah. And great guy. Just, great conversation. It was incredible. And just, just like he said, Bow down, go dogs. Now let's go win that sugar bowl. Yes, sir. For John, I'm Joe. This is the Bow Down Podcast. Make sure you're tuned in and locked into all of our channels, social media, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, whatever you want to find us, wherever you want to follow us, please do so. Like, follow, subscribe. We're everywhere. This is the Bow Down Podcast. Yes, sir. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.